Hello, Hivians. Today's episode of The Wretched Hive is brought to you by Audible.com. That's right, Lisa. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at... (laughs) Sorry! (laughs) I said child. (laughs) That's right, Lisa. Get a free audiobook download. (laughs) Stop it! No, no. Shut up! Today's episode of The Wretched Hive is brought to you by Audible.com. Today's <laughs> That's right, Lisa. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com forward slash hive. That's H-I-V-E. That's right, Christine. Over 180,000 yeah. titles, titles to choose from on your iPhone, Android, yeah, Kindle, baby. or M3... <laughs> over 180,000 titles to choose from from your iphone android kindle or mp3 player welcome to the wretched hive podcast i got a bad feeling about this moss iceland spaceport what are you talking about you will never find the more wretched hive of scum and villainy this is ridiculous we must be cautious actually we're just a bunch of guys talking about star wars and other stuff i'm looking forward to having some real talk with some real folks that's good news i like the sound of that well guys it's official the wretched hive podcast is one degree of separation from mark hamill yeah baby it's true and uh we are happy (laughs) to tell you all about it because you have found the wretched hive podcast for friday july 6 2018 happy birthday america two days late sorry belated birthday uh episode 65 of the show my name is steve baldwin and part of the hive is with us tonight we've got a truncated cast on the show tonight uh but we are here and fired up anyway to have a wonderful show for you Listeners of the show, and we're going to start it off as we always do with the Wookiee co-pilot, Greg Lent. Whoa, Stevie B, it is a power trio night tonight. We are the mighty three. We are the green day of Star Wars podcast. I am gladly the Mike Dirt to your Billy Joe Armstrong. I th- wow. I, I, I say we're the rush of podcasts. Oh, that I, means I, get to, I, Alex, I get to be Getty Lee. I'm the Alex Lifeson to your Getty Lee. That makes Dave Neil. As long as I'm not Glenn Fry. Dave is the Dave is the power bottom of all of us. So <laughs> uh, that that is the dirtiest sounding reference I think I've had in at least a couple of weeks. <laughs> Definitely not on the show. He is a lifelong Star Wars fan. Scott Ivansky. <laughs> not on the show tonight. Uh, he is at a Dodger game apparently. Do Doyer. 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 Doyers won uh, 17 to 1 yesterday, and they're looking good. Matt Camp. Man, that guy is hot. Resurgence of Matt Camp. Just the guy is just energized and, to be and back he's, in LA. And he's playing really well, too. Steve, get a date on your own time. <laughs> Definitely not on the show tonight. Here's the captain of the Millennial Falcon. He's uh, busy working tonight. He's slaving away down at his restaurant deep in the belly of Orange County. Or is that North? San Diego County. Uh, North San Diego. He is in Del Mar. Del Mar. Beautiful, sunny Del Mar. Visit 
anytime you can. It is a wonderful, wonderful little town. Del Mar is quite lovely, actually. Coastal community at its finest. And finally, America. We have America. Dave. Under no circumstances. Should you ever. And I mean. Call him. Harry. I don't know much in this crazy, crazy world. But I do know that if you don't let us, we are going to have our and our all covered in. (laughs) Potter. Sorry, that last one was a little long, but I had to let it go. Uh, oh, that's what she said. Oh, we might have man. To, we might have to bleep some of that out. <laughs> wow. Wow. I'm, I'm, good, good morning, good wow. afternoon, good evening to you, wherever, whenever, however you are listening to us, uh, especially if you're friends of Steve's checking out the podcast for the first time. That's, uh, oh, yeah, that's th- stellar. Th- thanks for that, by the way. <laughs> We're getting a, new listeners all the time. I warned you ahead of time. I'm just saying <laughs> that's true. You did. You did. All right. So we are we are only three by three tonight, but that's okay. We are we are here. We're carrying on proud for the Wretched Hive and the podcast. And for America, of course, uh, 242 years old. Uh, well, starting to show her age, I guess, at that point, uh, if you're reading the papers lately. But hey, still cruising. Still cruising. Speaking of special birthdays, so happy birthday, America, of course, my favorite place to live. I wouldn't want to live anywhere else. Um, But it is also a very special birthday today as we record Tuesday, July the 3rd. And back in 1985, a small little independent film called Back to the Future released in 1985. One of the best movies of all time. That movie is so well put together. Everything about that movie is just almost perfect. Just great. A Bob Zemeckis classic. And nobody wanted to make it. No. They they could not find a place that would go anywhere near it because they thought the the storyline was too incestuous with the mother. And, and had a huge firing during production of the main star of the movie. Yeah. Eric, Eric Stoltz. Eric Stoltz was, was two weeks into filming the movie and they shit-canned him. They originally... Yeah, my, my recollection is they wanted Michael J. Fox, couldn't get him out of family ties, went with Eric Stoltz, kind of got two weeks into it, and Zemeckis realized this was not this was just not a good fit. It was not a good idea. So they basically shoveled all kinds of money at the production company for family ties, and Michael J. Fox would literally shoot the TV show in the daytime and then go shoot back to the future at night and then go back to the this, this soundstage and do family ties. And to this day, I don't think uh, I think Zemeckis has been very protective and he's only shown like little brief snippets of Eric Stoltz as Marty McFly just to show people like, yes, this really happened. I didn't make it up. 
Well, I believe they put a bunch of the deleted scenes on the Blu-ray that was released about four or five years ago. I think there's a bunch of Eric Stoltz stuff on that Blu-ray. I will. I have that Blu-ray. I'll have to double check and see. I haven't seen any of that. It's one of my favorite movies, and I, I have not seen any of that footage, and I would love to. I can't imagine anybody else playing Marty. I mean, Oh, yeah, he was so, he strange. Was so good in that part. See, anybody and, else in that vest, it's weird. And the reason it got made was Steven Spielberg. He was coming off of E.T., and, of course, everybody's just slobbering all over him. Well, what do you want to do next, Steven? What do you want to do? And he's like, I want to produce that movie there with this director that I like, uh, Bob Zemeckis, doing it. And everybody was like, Universal was like, really? That one? And he's like, yeah. And there you go. Now we have Bob Zemeckis around because uh, Spielberg liked him. Pretty smart guy. Yeah, I think he's going to amount to something. I don't know. (laughs) Well, if you have ever thought that Steven Spielberg would amount to something, give us a call on the Wretched Hive hotline. Let us know what you think Steven might do with his career. Our number is 562-455-4483. That's 562-455-HIVE. And that's H-I-V-E. In case you can't spell hive. Goddamn right it is. And um, you can also find us online at uh, thewretchedhive.net. You can find us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash wretchedhivepodcast. You can tweet at us, at wretchedhivepod. And uh, find us on Instagram, that's wretchedhive77. And that was just changed recently. So wretchedhive77. Got a couple shout-outs this week. Before we get into the news, first of all, got to get a big shout-out to a sister podcast that uh, we recently met and uh, had a pint with down at Timeless Pint, the best beer in Southern California. And that podcast is Skywalking in Neverland. Oh, Uh, I like those guys. Yeah, those guys are really cool. Sarah and Richard Wolowski. Turns out um, they live in my neighborhood. They are right here in Long Beach, and uh, we share the same contractor doing some work on their house. No shit. That's a small world right there. Really small world. I know, right? Who knew? Two... Huge, influential members of the Star Wars podcast media within blocks of each other. In beautiful... Well, they live together. They live together, Steve. That's uh-huh. why they're within blocks of each other. That's right. I guess uh-huh. they. Sh- I guess they share a bedroom too. Uh, I'm, I'm saying it right now. I'm saying it right now, though. Yeah. This town ain't too enough for two Star Wars podcasts. So I'm thinking Thunderdome. Thunderdome. <laughs> did, did you Thunderdome. just say this town isn't too enough for two podcasts? Yeah. Did I? Is you that did. what I said? You did. I think <laughs> he's been sampling the timeless pints. Is what's been going on. Uh, damn. This town ain't big enough for two influential Star Wars podcasts, Thunderdome. It just <laughs> well, they are two really, really cool people. Just, just Sarah is just a, a sweetheart, and Richard very cool in his own right. Uh, we met down at Timeless Pints and uh, had a couple of pints, and uh, met some other friends down there. It was a good time last week, and so shout out to Richard and Sarah. Love their show and uh, love them too. They're really nice people, and uh, it was really nice to meet them. Um, also, yeah. got to give I, a quick. I, sh- I, yeah, oh, I, I would say I don't, I'm not a regular listener, but I do like their show. I've I've listened to a couple episodes, and yeah, I am I'm I'm a little jealous. They've got they've got a great fan base, um, and they they talk a lot about well, obviously Skywalking and Neverland, right? So they're Star Wars and Disney focused. Um, a recent episode, they did a review of, uh, the Incredibles and I think Sarah was at the press event for the Incredibles and, uh, they covered that really nicely. They're doing a, a really cool little promotion right now where they, 
they're keeping it positive in the Star Wars universe, and they want to have your they want to hear your positive. I think they're they're calling it positive twerps or positive tweets or something like that. They want to know what you feel good about in the Star Wars universe. So go uh, download their show, subscribe to them, Skywalking and Neverland, and um, and give them a nice review on iTunes. They're good people. Uh, outside of that, I've got to give another shout out now. At the top of the show, guys, I mentioned that uh, our podcast is one degree of separation from Mark Hamill, and, and I should explain. My colleague, please do, please uh, do. Uh, I'm 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 part of a uh, part of a board, uh, at related to my job, and um, uh, a friend on that I serve on this board with. Her name is is uh, Rona, and I don't know if she wants me giving out her full name, so I'm not going to do that. But um, she happens to be friendly with the Hamill family. And uh, she surprised me, and the rest of the board surprised me, with an autographed picture of Mark Hamill. It says, The Force is with Steve, and signed by Mark Hamill. And it was a, just a huge surprise and a wonderful gesture from a wonderful person. So, Rona, shout out to you. Thank you so much. And shout out to Mary Lou Hamill, who Rona is friendly with, and to Mark. Thank you guys so much. I will. I told Rona, this is something that I will have until the day I die. I mean, I'm, I'm always going to have this picture. It's framed up in the man cave already. So Rona, you are awesome. And Mary Lou and Mark Hamill, thank you so much for doing that for, for us and for the show. So cool. Kind of overwhelming, frankly, guys, it kind of almost teared up a little bit when they gave it to me. Like total surprise. Pretty cool. Well, you know, considering it was only signed to Steve, I'm uh, I'm a little put out. <laughs> yeah. I'm, uh, I'm a little, I'm a little hurt. I'm a little, I'm a little, um, I'm feeling feeling left out. Feeling like this is not our show anymore, guys. I'm feeling like this is just the Steve show now. The last just... chapter about this. I'm feeling. I'm feeling. You know what? If you want to use me for my body, you go ahead and do that. Okay. But don't think I'm just going to take it forever, Mister. I've been using you for your body for two and a half years on the show. <laughs> so I don't know why you're bitching about it now. My God. I'm just woke now, bitch. Is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> well. Uh, I'm just going to put this out here, out there, because, you know, you put stuff out and maybe it happens. Mark and Mary Lou, we would love to have you on the show. I don't think Mary Lou mu- does much media, but but Mark, you're welcome on the show anytime. We'd love to have you. It would be it would be this man's childhood fantasy to have to talk to Mark Hamill. So we need to make that happen. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for that. And, and I just I also want to throw out here that. Scott will not be allowed to participate in the interview unless he has purchased The Last Jedi on Blu-ray. <laughs> now, we do have a story. We're not going to do Scott Watch tonight, but we do have a story later that gets we right... Won't need to, we, won't need to, we won't need to do Scott Watch anymore if Mark Hamill agrees to do an interview with us because that guy is going to buy 17 Blu-rays if that's what it takes. <laughs> How? You know what? We actually need to tell Scott... We need to just tell him completely. We've got it. We've got a mm. <laughs> an interview lined up with Mark Campbell, with caveat being that all members have to own a copy of the Last Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only way he'll do it. Although you know, Mark Campbell might not care, frankly, from what he said oh. in the media about the about the Last Jedi. Oh, let's not start that again, Steve. I know. Already, all we, right, we put, we put that we put that thing to rest. <laughs> Scott's not here. We don't have to go there. All right, um, so guys, last week or two weeks ago, we started a contest online. I mentioned at the uh, end of the show for uh, last episode, episode 64, 
that we were going to run this contest um, to to determine what the topic, the subject matter, if you will, of the next Hive Five will be. So today, guys, the three of us need to need to pick a winner from all those that entered from the hundreds and hundreds of entries we received. I have so a top our staff three. Is, our staff has narrowed it down for us. That's right. This, the, uh, the our interns have narrowed it down. We have it down to three, top three. Now, the first entry was uh, submitted through a voice message. And so I'm going to play this voice message. And this, uh, hopefully you'll hear this. And uh, as we discussed, I'll fix it in post if it's too quiet. But uh, this, is, this, vo this voicemail is from someone named Eleanor. So Eleanor uh, called us and uh, submitted her suggestion for the next Hive Five. Have a listen. This is Hitler Ravenstein. I'm going to find gentlemen who run the Ratchet Five. I understand that there is currently a contest of the five moments in the Star Wars library. Franklin and I have been discussing this for weeks, and we would like to know your opinion on the best action chase scene in the movie. Be it a chase scene on motorcycle-looking contraptions, or be a zippy spacecraft chase through a meteor belt, or even a sanctioned race itself. What makes you sit up and go, whoa? And the winner gets a deck of tarot cards. Loves to dip his finger into the paranormal, so we are quite pleased and titillated on the chance we may win. Thank you for allowing us to participate. All right, so that was uh, apparently Eleanor and Franklin Roosevelt. Sounds great for being dead for almost fifty years, but uh, seriously. And I tell you, there is well, there are only there are very few things that make me sit up and go woo. But I, I'm glad to. Uh, I'm glad to expound on them if that's if that is the uh, winning entry there. Yeah, I thought you were gonna say Eleanor Roosevelt makes you sit up and go woo, and I was gonna, I was gonna be really concerned. Oh, oh hell, hell's yeah! Have you seen her? He's a... <laughs> <laughs> History buff. Mm. Uh, so mm. all right, so that was uh, Eleanor Roosevelt calling in. Uh, best action chase sequence, or well, what they say. She said action sequence, or action chase action, sequence. Action slash chase sequence. All right, okay. All right. All right. So that's one. Now, the other two entries were submitted via Facebook. And uh, the first, I'm not going to say who it's from, because I, I don't want that to influence your, your decision-making here, guys. But None of these guys are named after, or have the same name as a, an actor who portrays in the, who plays in the Star in the Marvel Universe, right? No. I know this is very yes. confusing here, but nobody... Nobody who shares the name of an actor playing a current current Marvel superhero, none of, none, none of these people, right? Correct. Cause, cause, it's, yes, yes. There was that. There was that critical caveat. Screw those guys. And All I did. Them. I did get a call uh, <laughs> from a Chris Evans. The guy who plays Captain America called you. Mark yep. Hamill and Chris Evans called you in the same week. And Chris Evans. I, I'm just going to say Chris Evans not happy. <laughs> Not happy about this situation at all. He made a couple comments on Facebook, I think, if I remember. I I don't make the rules. I just enforce them. Yep. Right. Actually, you did make that rule. Now that... <laughs> Wait Damn a minute. Damn it, Dave. <laughs> you're you're on tape. Don't go Donald Trump on me now. You're on tape making the rule. I totally just 
threw you under the bus too. I'm like, you know, that was all Greg. (laughs) I had nothing to do with that. Son of a bitch. Uh, So no, no, Chris Evans, we, we laid the ground rules down. It was not eligible, but I did get an earful about it. Um, Our, our next entry is actually. Jose Vizcaino. (laughs) (laughs) You know, our joke about Jose Vizcaino. That's why I made that. Just for you, just for you, just for you and my buddy Chris. All right. Uh, <laughs> best alien species. That's entry number two. So we've got best action slash chase scene. Titillating. Best alien species. And third option, best Star Wars fashion. Huh? Best wardrobe slash fashion in the Star Wars universe. Which cape do I pick? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh... Guys, what do we think? We've got action chase scene, best alien species, or best Star Wars fashion. Got to pick one of those. Uh, I like all of them, actually. Yeah. I, I I do like all of them, but I, there is one that I like more than the others. You're going to make me pick one, aren't you? Okay. Okay. Well, then, well, uh, since well, I... Don't, don't say what it is, Greg. Just okay. make your choice internally, and then and then you can't change it after once we start sharing. Oh, my God. Is this a Hive 3? It's a Hive... Oh! <laughs> <laughs> sort of. It's a Hive 3, yeah. <laughs> so am uh, I listing them in order? Or am I just am I just saying the the top one up that that the one that that strikes my fancy the most? Let's just list your top your top one. I've got okay. my top one. Okay. And uh, I think Dave has one that he likes more than the other two. Yes. Okay. And uh, we'll just we'll roll that out. And if there's unless we all three picked separate ones, we we have we'll have a winner here. And if we don't, and if we don't. Thunderdome. Thunderdome. That's right. Oh, I need a clip for Thunderdome. What was the uh, what was the All second right. one again? Hit me with the second one again. Fix it in post. Uh, second one. Okay, so we got action chase scene, best alien species in Star uh, Wars fashion. I like them all. God damn it. So, I'm going to ask Dave to go first. All right. We should all say it at the same time. Oh. It's a lot of pressure. All right. You want to say it at the same time? Let's do that. Three. Three, two, one, and then go. Okay. okay. Wait, 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 wait. You mean this is just test? You mean three, two, one, and that's when we say it, or do you mean three, two, one, then say it? The second way. The second. Second way. way. Okay. Okay. Three, two, one, and then say it. All right. Yeah. So we're gonna say chase, alien, or fashion. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. All right. One, two, three, fashion. Race. All right. <laughs> we literally said three different ones. <laughs> Thunderdome! Wow. Wow. <laughs> you know, that's we, just the worst. It's just a testament to how strong our listeners are. They come up with these great ideas, and we've got to make a choice, and it's really, really hard. I don't, I, you know, it's really hard. Um,. Wow. Greg is so amused with himself right now. I'm amused with all of us, guys. It's not just me. It's all of us. <laughs> all right. So, like, so like, like Steve's like, there's no way we would ever <laughs> say three different ones. <laughs> all right. Um, hmm. Okay. I, I have a tiebreaker. All right. Um, tiebreaker is whose birthday is coming up the soonest. Of the podcast or just in of general? Of the three of us. <laughs> Ooh. So mine's, uh, in, mine's in April. My, mine's in January. You win. Mine's in February. Okay. All right. 
So, All right. Greg wins. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with the alien species. I think that... I, I, I... Sorry. No, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait. Oh, but... my hand slipped again. Wow. Just okay, like prom so... night. So, so there was a uh, there nice. was a contest there was a contest tied to this. So congratulations to the person who said alien species. Alien I, species, Brad Chowan. Brad Chowan, oh, our friend of the show, former longtime friend of the show. On yeah. the show, you have won a complete set of trading cards from Rancho Obi Wan, signed by the man himself, Steve Sansweet. This is Steve Sansweet of Rancho Obi-Wan, and you're listening to the Wretched Hive podcast. But I do think we should revisit all of these topics for future yeah. uh, I agree. high fives. They're, yeah, all, I agree. they're all very, very good topics. Yeah. Yes. All right, so next episode, two weeks from now, we will have best alien species. Top five alien species. Excellent. All right. Can't wait. Cool. Damn. All right. Well, let's I'm, get into I'm, the news, I'm, guys. I'm lubing up for this topic right now. <laughs> God. <laughs> I'm staying away from my screen. Hold on. From ABC News World Headquarters, this is ABC World News Tonight. No, it's not. It's Star Wars news with the Wretched Hive. So be it. Well... There's a lot of news to cover, and we we may not get through all of it, but we'll give it the old college try. As always, we're gonna start off just by just by wrapping up this thing with uh, with Solo and its quote underperformance unquote. Uh, been widely reported now by reputable sources. Dave, Lucasfilm, <laughs> Lucasfilm licking their wounds, but not halting Star Wars development, says HollywoodReporter.com. Box office returns of Solo, A Star Wars Story, or a wake-up call for the studio to make and market upcoming films differently, sources are saying. Now, there was that uh, article that we read last time that you guys, uh, everyone guffawed at, that was basically citing unnamed sources and uh, saying that these are on hold now, that the standalone films are on hold or being canceled. And, of course, uh, you guys accurately, I remember Dave and Greg both, saying that you can't cancel something that was never announced. Well, this uh, Hollywood Reporter now saying they are not slowing down development, but they are reassessing things, essentially, is what this article is saying. And this is a HollywoodReporter.com, Lucasfilm licking their wounds. Oh, God, spare me from headline writers. Jesus Christ, these people <laughs> need to get real jobs. They are they are destroying America. It's not Donald Trump. It's headline writers. <laughs> it's the Internet echo chamber is what does I, it. I am inclined to agree. Yeah. Now, in a related story, so Sci-Fi Wire, um, also a relatively uh, accurate source here, although they tend to quote, they don't have a lot of their own breaking stories. They just report what other people report. But they've got a nice-looking website, so I enjoy going there. Uh, but they, they're saying that Sci-Fi Wire reporting, Boba Fett movie could shift to a lower budget. Lucasfilm is reworking the Star Wars spin-off formula. Now, this makes some sense because basically what they're saying here is, look, Disney is prepping their direct-to-consumer platform. And there's so much good content now that's being produced by Netflix and HBO, of course. Why not have... A film like the Boba Fett standalone film debut not on the big screen, but on Disney's direct-to-consumer platform. So, Dave, I've been dying to hear what you think about this. I know you follow this fairly closely. 
What do you think about some of these standalone films not hitting the theaters, but rather hitting the direct-to-consumer platform? Well, I, I, I do want to talk about that, but I want to double back real quick just to talk about some of the, some of the stuff and the, the flutsam and jetsam that's out there. Because I, I have been thinking about it since our, our passionate discussion of a, a week or two ago. And I realized that, that my problem is just with the kind of careless, laissez-faire, I guess, attitude of, of journalists and, and even us as fans. Because we don't ever pass ourselves off as journalists on this show. I mean, we don't even pass ourselves off as analysts. We're just five guys drinking beer together. Of taking these things that are, prop, that are reasonably informed guesses or estimates. And they wind up being repeated so much that it's like it's an accepted fact. And that's where I get uncomfortable because I do think it's very reasonable to say as an estimate, Solo probably costs 225 to 250 million dollars to make. That just that feels right to me. But we don't know it for a fact. No one has actually from the studio said, yeah, this is approximately what the budget is. And that's where I just start to get uncomfortable with all these discussions. We take something that's. That's right. That's a reasonable guesstimate or estimate or discussion starting point. And then we treat it as fact and start trying to extrapolate from that fact. And that's not that just doesn't that doesn't feel right or proper or correct to me. Maybe it's just I'm watching too much Star Trek and you always have a Spock or a data on there who's like, no, it's actually this to, to kind of bring the discussion back in line. But it just it kind of clicked for me. That's what's really been bothering me about all of this. A lot of rumor a lot of reasonable supposition that gets treated as fact, and it's not actually fact. Well, so, yeah, I don't disagree no, with ahead. you, actually. I was going to say, and, and it's particularly in the area that we're in now with you know the fake news era, and what is fake news and what is real news, um, I agree. I, 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 I think that's a great point. You know, we got to report on, on real news on the show, but it's sort of our job to bring you know, our opinions and our analysis to our listeners. And, and we do that to, we try to be as mu- as well informed as, as we can be. Uh, but obviously none of us work in the industry. And at the end of the day, we are, you know, just, we are trying to guess here. Um, but you know, there are re- reputable sources out there saying that Disney's losing money on this film and, and making pretty, pretty fairly educated guesses. In fact, there's a Bloomberg article here. Uh, that says after a poor performance, this is, uh, sorry, this is Bloomberg, dot uh, com. Disney's Star Wars headaches include outcry from its own fans. Uh, this article saying that poor performance by Solo, a Star Wars story movie poised to become the first money losing film in the series. Uh, and I think in this article, I want to say, I thought that the article quote, oh, here it is. Okay, with Solo, let me just uh, read this one paragraph because this is this is here. This is Bloomberg. This is a this is a good source. The studio ultimately may have to write off fifty million dollars on the movie, according to B. Riley, FBR Inc. analyst Barton Crockett. So this is an analyst working for this investment portfolio form uh, firm that's suggesting they may write off fifty million. So yeah, again, not accurate, not not hard numbers, but um, uh, you know, Bloomberg is yeah. reporting this, so I can only only assume it's there's some. It it it's yeah, it's a reasonably informed guess or analysis, but it it it's like it's like trying to report on Donald Trump's tax returns. At the end of the day, nobody's actually seen them. Nobody knows. There are some smart people who can make educated guesses, but at the end of the day, nobody knows. 
And it does, like I said, it does feel right to me. A $225, $250 million budget for a movie that was 70% reshot. That feels feels about right to me. Yeah, I think that the reason the movie... You hit the nail on the head for me there, Dave, is why this movie's budget had to be up there in that area, not because of what they did with the movie, just because if there was so much upheaval and turmoil, you you know, you don't you don't recoup any of that money from Lord and Miller. You don't recoup any of that money by reshooting everything. Um, so it, the expenditures were, you know, double. So, I mean, I think they had to expect it. I think I, I don't think a, a loss is 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 that much of a stretch on this movie, you know, and no. I don't think they're surprised by it. I, I actually think they are a little surprised by it just because from what I've read, the international box office seems very, very weak to me. I mean, this movie has made uh, coming into this weekend, maybe $210 million U S domestic. And I think it's only made $370 million global box office. That's shockingly low. They haven't even they haven't even doubled their money with the international markets, and it's basically out at this point of of international markets and probably big screen opportunities. So it it I do think they felt like they were not going to make as much money with it. They're probably surprised that they're losing a little bit of money. But for people who are like, oh, the sky is falling or or anything like that, well, you had an extraordinary circumstance where you lost fifty million dollars. It's still probably not the least, you know, the least profitable movie that's going to come out this year from any of the major studios. And certainly Disney overall is just raking in money hand over fist. Like they've got more hand over fist going on at Disney right now than at a, a sperm donation center, just in terms of the box office that's coming in. So I don't think at the at the sorry, I don't think sorry to Steve's friends. I, I don't think. <laughs> well, you guys don't have any friends, so you don't have to worry about it. No, nope. uh, my friends. Not my really friends, an issue my for friends you. All, my friends all know me well, so it's all it's okay. <laughs> wow. But I was just gonna say, there, Disney, you know, as a whole, is probably not even gonna feel the loss on this. It's a it's gonna be a small enough loss. Lucasfilm, I like the articles that say, okay, we're rethinking this because my big contention is when this movie came out is actually a bad time to put out a Star Wars movie. And they need to think about that. And if they were ever going to try to grow to put out more than one Star Wars movie a year, they're going to have to figure out how to transfer that formula that they have right now. Because right now, the end of the year is is Star Wars. I mean, it's it's just print it, print it right now. The top grossing movie of 2019 will be Star Wars Episode Nine: The Continuing Quest for More Money, directed by J.J. Abrams. <laughs> they, I'm just saying, they've figured it out. Other movies run away from the time slot. And you get this uninterrupted two-week period where people are off of work, and it's a great family film to go see at least twice. They just—it's a cash machine to do it there. They have to figure out a way to translate that, either budget-wise or marketing and product-wise, to elsewhere in the year if they're going to continue that high-level trend of success. And to be honest, I don't know if they can. Yeah. Well, this article also recaps the the movies. I don't that... even remember what the hell the original question was. I apologize. It's okay. That's 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 fine. It's it's par for the course with this show. Um, <laughs> there's you know so we've got that episode nine. So the 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 show the movies that we know are coming. Basically, there's seven that we know are for sure, and that is episode nine. We've got the uh, Benahoff and Weiss trilogy. 
And which we know even less about than the Ryan Johnson trilogy, and which we, got, we know nothing about. And we've got the Ryan Johnson trilogy. Yeah, exactly. How do we know even less than nothing? Because uh, Ryan Johnson has at least said, I'm going to do something that's completely unrelated to what you've seen before. Okay, there, yeah. there you go. I, I stand corrected. Thank you. They, they put out exactly one sentence about it, and the other guys are like, ah, we're not even thinking about it till we're done with Game of Thrones. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Going so got, back a little bit yeah. to your comment about the movies appearing on the startup channel there, I mm-hmm. I was under the impression, and maybe, it was just, maybe I'm just headcanoning this, that, that the Jon Favreau series was slated to appear on this future Disney network like the Star Trek show appeared on the CBS all access now. You no, you you're you're exactly right about that. Um, Sci-Fi Wire here reporting again. John Favreau produced live action series for Disney's forthcoming streaming service. So that's yeah. out there. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't know if you need to put the the movies. I mean, I think the series will be enough. But unless they're just really looking for original content to put on there, then I'm sure, I guess so. But you know, if they already have one Star Wars property, what you want to blow your wad on all the Star Wars properties on that channel, then then why not just have a Star Wars streaming service? Which they might get to someday, but it, putting a movie out, I haven't, to be honest, given a lot of thought to the metrics of how that works. A lot of the original Netflix movie content that you see is a, a smaller budget thing. You know, the, the if you call a 20 to $50 million production budget smaller, it's something that's more manageable to me to have out there on a on a pay subscription stat, uh, model, like what HBO does with HBO films, like Game Change or uh, uh, Too Big to Fail and th- those types of adaptations. The model seems to work better for TV shows because you have that episodic format. You can invest a, a disproportionate amount of money per episode, per hour of entertainment it winds up being more money overall for the whole story, but on a per hour basis of what you're producing, it's much less. That's why the Game of Thrones production values are so high because they spend five million dollars an episode or something like that. Yeah, I, I and I I think that with Netflix too, their their model of marketing their movies has been based around uh, who the actor is. So like yeah. Adam Sandler had a series of movies that were released direct to Netflix. That's where all of his movies have been going recently. Brad Pitt had one. But you didn't hear much about the movie per se. It was Brad Pitt starring in a Netflix movie. You know, yes. Yeah. So I don't. Yeah. Again, if it's if it's Star Wars, you know, I think I think the TV show is the better vehicle for it, or the episodic show is the better. Vehicle. I, I I tend to as well. You're not going to see, you know, a hundred and fifty million dollar Boba Fett. You know, I don't want to call it an origin story, but a, a a Boba Fett bounty hunter story, and. Maybe that's okay. Maybe the answer is a, a Boba Fett miniseries. Yeah, Tales from Mos Eisley or Tales from Jabba's Palace, right? Yeah, yeah. There was a rumor going around that there was a Moss Eisley movie that was under development that was getting canned. And I do remember thinking at the time, now that would be kind of your your Netflix esque, you know, episodic show. Yeah, but don't make that a movie. Make that a show. Give me yeah. ten, give me ten episodes of that. I don't want a two hour movie of that. I want ten episodes. Yeah, that, yeah. Ten, ten one hour episodes. That's what I'm talking about. But I could still see a two-hour movie, maybe not a $200 million budget movie, maybe half of that for Boba Fett that is, you know, you, you've got, people are going to are gonna line up to subscribe to your service to see this movie. Star Wars fans will, anyway. So Unless I, it's Boba Fett climbing out of the Sarlacc pit for 90 minutes, I'm not sure you could do it on that budget. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. Well... 
But you know what you might be able to do is a Kenobi in the desert, a Kenobi spaghetti western. Oh yeah, a series or a trilogy. Yeah, yeah. This a fistful of lightsabers. Well, I'm just I'm just saying the effects are not going to be that much, right? It's going to be entirely based on a desert planet, Tatooine. It's just getting to the location. It's it's Westworld without the lakes. Yeah, yeah. I could I could see it working. I could see it I, working either way. The show I'm so or down the for movie. That. Completely, completely down for that. No, I, I knew I had you both at Kenobi. Oh my god! I knew I did. Oh, the the spaghetti western Kenobi poster that's been out for a couple of years. That thing is that thing alone has got me excited about the movie, or the or the potential for a Kenobi story. That'd be so good. Uh, I got to share this video now. Uh, this is from the same Bloomberg article. Uh, this is um, Bloomberg reporters Wall Street Beat talking about the performance of Solo. And at the end of this, you're going to hear a little uh, ode to to our friend Scott here. So I want you guys to pay attention. This is uh, Wall Street Beat from Bloomberg.com. ...of the world in terms of Disney and Star Wars. The importance. The importance. I mean, like, let's get to Saturday women, whatever healthcare. Let's get to Solo. No, this is for real, because a B, a B. Riley FBR analyst said... literally just leaned into this story. I did. I did. literally said the studio may have to write off $50 million for Solo because it tanked so bad, and there's, like, a revolt for the fans, for The Last Jedi as well. This is a big deal for Disney. It's a very big deal, and this is something that I think very few people anticipated, especially after the last few years where the the initial movies were both critically and publicly acclaimed. The initial sort of Disney slate, you know, The Last Jedi, Force Awakens, and even the, the standalone Rogue One was a big hit as well. And so they thought, okay, we're in this nice rhythm, a yeah. movie a year. But then I think they went too soon. Okay, but you want to tell me that Solo is worse than Jar Jar Binks? <laughs> I mean, please. Wow. If, if those three wow, movies can actually make Money. You want to say Solo's worse? I mean, come on. Yeah, Solo worse than Jar Jar Binks? No, <laughs> absolutely not. You know, that's that's the part that that's so funny to me is people are acting like this is the first time Star Wars has ever been bad. I mean, <laughs> it's 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 crazy. You know, I hate Return of the Jedi. Everybody hates Attack of the Clones. Jar Jar Binks is is persona non grata everywhere. Well, I, I think it's the first time Star Wars has been bad with social media as prevalent as it is. And our yeah. ability to share this stuff and our opinions everywhere with the world, you know, just by tweeting or whatever. And, you know, I, I think it's just sort of fueled the, the hate. Yeah, social media has created a dogpile ability to virtually any any kind of mass market form of entertainment that's out there now. And sorry, Damn Greg, you, I Al Gore. Damn you. Curse you, Al Gore. <laughs> it's Al's fault? Yes. He invented the internet. Mm. That's an inconvenient truth. <laughs> uh, also, speaking of movies, uh, you can purchase, you can pre-order Solo, a Star Wars story from many different retailers, including Target, $32.99. You can get online right now and pre-order it it is available the blu-ray is available two disc plus digital also in 4k dave for your that'll happen set. yep and, and disney uh, will thank you if you pre-order it yeah i am uh i'm gonna air with uh on, on greg's side on this one i am going digital on these 
pure digital, digital goodness. Suck it, losers. I'm buying a hard copy. Nerds! <laughs> uh, guys, we've got some uh, news from the uh, non-dysfunctional side of Disney movies. That's the Avengers side. All firing on all cylinders over there. Marvel and Avengers. Kevin Feige yeah. kicking ass. Uh, I just had to mention this story again. Sci-Fi Wire uh, is reporting now that Kevin Feige is connecting Ant-Man and the Wasp directly to Avengers 4. And uh, I'm not I'm not uh, talking about this story only because Evangeline Lilly is featured here on Sci-Fi Wire. Going deeper than that. It's not just it about a, Evangeline. It is pleasant happenstance is what you're it's saying. It's just pleasant, yes. She's got Lord of the Rings in her, under her wing. She's got uh, she's got the Marvel Universe. What else is what else Lost. besides Lost? Lost. I mean, yes, yeah. I mean, yeah, she was in Lost. That was kind of where she got her break, right? She wasn't even an actress before Lost, right? No, no. They just found her on the street and just shoved her in front of the camera and said, "Here, look pretty." Strong connection to JJ, right? Are she should you, be in Star you, Wars. Are you being facetious there, Dave? Maybe a little bit, Dave. Just stand there and look pretty. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> ah, God, we got to get a producer. Ridiculous. Um. All right. So back to back to that. Uh, just put Filoni in as showrunner for Star Wars already. I'm I'm gonna keep singing this tune. We need we need it. So I just want to throw something out here because we we always bounce back and forth around some of the other franchises a little bit, but we're we're kind of heading into a little bit of. I won't say it's unfamiliar, but it's it's different territory for us in terms of dark times because we have 18 months until the next Star Wars movie comes out. And we know they're pretty good about keeping secrets about things, and they're going to be mad, mad crazy security precautions in place for Episode Nine, And they haven't announced the slate of what comes after. So all we have to talk about for the next 18 months is Episode Nine and maybe a new TV show if they launch it. Well, right. Yeah, it's going to be, you know, realistically, we're a good year out from having any any Meaningful. real new content to talk about because it's well, I guess it's a little bit less than a year for Star Wars Celebration. And that's when I ex expect the full marketing bullets will start to happen um, with the the channel launching. Hopefully the the, the deal will be wrapped up for, for Disney and. Fox, uh, so, so we'll move on to the channel. We'll be able to talk about TV shows. We'll be able to talk about trailers. So, yeah, we got we got a it's 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 a lot of rumors and hearsay for the next for the next eleven months. Well, I'll just minor correction. We do have Star Wars Resistance, the animated series, Filoni's new animated series, starting in the fall. Yes, that was the one I couldn't okay. think of. I, I, yeah, I said some I said something about TV shows, but I couldn't remember which okay. what it was. Yeah, Star Wars Resistance. So thank you. You're welcome. And I, I don't know where that's going to air. I, it may be on the consumer platform if it's ready for it's, that, or it might be um, what the Disney not X. Go back to yeah, Disney XD where XD, Rebels was. Yeah, yeah it's could not be go there. Could be there too. Yeah, yeah. I don't okay. think they're going to launch their streaming until 19 or 20. Oh. And okay. the interesting and the, and of course the big Disney news that is at least tangentially Star Wars related. Uh, Fox has scheduled a shareholder vote for July 27th. 
Yeah, let's talk about that. We've been covering this story for months now. Um, a couple weeks ago, it was actually on uh, just last week, June 27th, as we record the show. U.S. Uh, this is from Yuha. Uh, sorry, Yuha. Yahoo News. Yuha. 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 U.S. gives Disney approval to buy Fox amid bidding more with Comcast. So Disney received approval from huge. Uh, yes, absolutely. From from the U.S. Justice Department to um, that they will not uh, have a, a monopoly. A monopoly as a result of this purchase, they do have to sell off the sports channels, the regional sports networks, which which everybody expected. Because Disney already owns ESPN, right? Yeah. So they that will prevent a monopoly, according to the Justice Department. And um, also, this article mentions that does not include Fox Broadcast News or the Fox Business Channel, uh, but it does include all of the other Fox film properties, including X Men, Avatar, The Simpsons. God, how great would that would that be if we can get rid of Fox News in one fell swoop, though, guys? <laughs> no, the, the 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 Murdoch family is retaining control of Fox News. Oh, God. They 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 like that shit. Can I throw in an extra five bucks into the deal to make them sell that too? <laughs> can we all throw in an extra five bucks? <laughs> only if I get to be the only if I get to be the programming director. <laughs> How much would it cost to make Hannity disappear? Um, um, can I can I jump in here for real quick? Yes, yeah. absolutely. I I have, a, I have I'm going to pose a question for Dave because this is Dave kind of hinted at Dave's kind of our go to for for this kind of stuff because um, um, he's, he the is pressure. by far the smartest one of all of us by by leaps and bounds the smartest one of all. Of us. So, Dave, you are officially you're the GM of this team. What is the magical blockbuster trade? What is the LeBron to the Lakers deal you make to have all of the Marvel and our oldly Star Wars universe, including the Hulk now? So you're including Comcast in this one to make this happen. Well, what I would do is I think Comcast is looking for some foreign some foreign hardware assets. So there are some uh, there's some Sky properties that are in the UK or in Europe that are part of this deal that Disney would be acquiring. I think Comcast would like those because it would give them a foothold and a footprint in a new geographic area that they can start to build out from. So if you if you Disney walked away from purchasing that portion of the Fox Empire that's for sale. And iUniversal threw in all the intellectual property rights to Incredible Hulk into the deal. Maybe we can now have a nice three-way agreement. And then Disney can go off and swallow Sony Studios, too, because the rumors are starting up today that that thing is up for sale. Oh, mama mia. And what properties are locked in there? uh, Sony has Spider-Man and just a lot of shit. Okay. Yeah, Yeah, to be perfectly blunt about it. The only thing that they would be interested in would be... um... Yeah, the uh, Spider-Man stuff. Wow, I think that's a good deal, though. I, you know, because you get rid of the Sky, and it's mostly sports networks. I mean, I think that's mostly what it is out there—the Sky networks. Although I think there are some media content stuff as well. Um, but I think they're they're no, at least I, I know that more for their sports stuff. Um, based of, based of all the, the the mass amount of pirating I do of sports shows, all seem to come from Sky Sports. And honestly, if you you know, you know the way you could make that work is do some kind of revenue splitting on the existing 
you know, Hulk properties from Comcast. Also, you're just buying the intellectual property for stuff going forward. If you're re-releasing the Ang Lee Hulk movie, you know, hey, Universal, you still get your 40% of the revenue from that, you know, in, in perpetuity. And we guarantee not to just, you know, shelve it, you know, put it up there with Song of the South or the Holiday Special or anything like that. We'll, we'll put it out there. That movie tried really, really hard, guys. That movie tried really hard. I wanted um, so bad to like that movie. I really did too. Um, and it 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 was a unique take on things. It tried to look like a comic book. They did actual panels in the middle of the movie, but man, that movie just fell apart in the in the in the second and third act. Just completely just could not get out of its own way to be any worse. But yeah, that's what I that's that's the deal that I would try to negotiate. Because Comcast is at the end of the day. It's more of a, a physical property company than an intellectual property company. So let it expand outward and have its base in additional geographic areas. I think that would be immensely appealing to its shareholder base. And if you give up the intellectual property to the Hulk, which you're really not using anyway, who cares? Yeah, I mean, all they're doing with it is letting Marvel use it and collecting money off the Marvel movies, right? I'm not even sure if they're getting money off of the Marvel movies because I think Marvel can use the Incredible Hulk as long as it's not an Incredible Hulk movie. Oh, I was going to say, is there some li- is there some licensing fee that Disney's got to pay for that, or Marvel's got? I, I I I think it's a loophole, not a licensing fee. Oh. And by the way, there's a fantastic fan theory thro- floating around out there. If we're just going to talk about Avengers for a second, that uh, that the Hulk has been a scroll the since whole time? the end since the end of uh, Age of Ultron. Oh. And that's why he suddenly that's why he suddenly talks more and is more intellectual and Banner has problems shifting into the Hulk. Now they can't officially use the scrolls yet because that is owned uh, by Fox, right? That is incorrect, sir. The scrolls are the main villain of the forthcoming Captain Marvel movie. Oh, are they? Yes, sir. Oh, okay. Now are the I don't understand how that works either, but that's that's what I'm reading from multiple sources. Now for yeah. the un- for the sorry, let me just stop you really quick. For the uninitiated the uh, scrolls are shapeshifters. The scrolls are a shapeshifting race introduced in uh, Fantastic Four number two. So I am absolutely gobsmacked as to how they're not Fox property, but that's apparently who Captain Marvel is going to be fighting in her debut film, which is which is of course a flashback to the 1990s. That's going to be cool. I'm looking forward to that one. I'm so looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to a lot of flannel, a lot of a. Uh... A lot of uh, a lot of uh, grunge music, a lot of a lot of Soundgarden in the soundtrack for uh, Pearl, Pearl Jam Nirvana. Nirvana. Probably at least one good solid boy band reference, just for just for laughs and giggles. Yeah, you got to yeah, sure. I mean, throw in there the uh, the new kids. Yeah, yeah, the that's 90s, what I'm saying. Nineties staple. You go yeah. Backstreet Boys on that. A gratuitous new kids or Debbie Gibson reference at one point, and everybody just kind of wrinkles their nose at the person's music selection. We'll write the script for you right now. Fuck yeah. I mean, yes, I would be happy to do that. Sorry. Sorry to Steve's friends. As usual, spot on analysis on the Comcast Fox Disney deal from Dave. And the radio report that I heard on the way over driving home tonight late to get here in time for this. Comcast is not indicated that they're just walking away yet. They may yet try to do something to force either a reconsideration for their bid or the kind of three-way scenario that I was talking about there, whereby they would at least get something for all of their trouble and time and effort that they've put into this. But 
The Disney offer is going to be more appealing tax-wise to the Murdoch family and some of the shareholders, so that's hard to beat. And the fact that Disney already has regulatory approval, so the Murdochs could take this deal and close and be done. If they went, if they wanted to go with Comcast or any other competing bid at this point, they have to start over from scratch, which is going to delay it by at least another year. Oof. Oof. Well, everybody knows that Bob Iger likes a good three-way. The chairman and chief executive officer of the Walt Disney Company... Bob Iger. There you go. Bob Iger. All right, let's move on from this, guys. A uh, couple of stories here to wrap this up. Um, really fun one here on Bustle.com that compared Ray's lightsaber prowess in The Force Awakens to the way that Kylo Ren uses his lightsaber in The Last Jedi. Did you guys, one of you guys shared this with me. Who shared this one? Dave, was it you? Mm, not me. No, that was me. Oh, I love this one. It's it's you got to check this out, Greg. The, you'll have a link in the show notes. Uh, Star at Star Wars stuff on Twitter did this comparison with Ray uh, practicing with Luke's lightsaber on Ock Two mm-hmm. in the Force Awakens, and then they flash to Kylo's uh, moves that he tries to pull out against full Luke at the end of the last Jedi. And it's there. It's scary how identical they are. It's really cool. So the, uh, the idea is that when they mind, when they force called one another and when they've sort of been like communicating through the force that Ray somehow became her prowess with the lightsaber at the end of the last Jedi, at the end of the force awakens is because she was somehow able to extract that knowledge from Kylo. It, yeah, it goes It goes back to the when he read her mind in The Force Awakens, or tried to read her mind in The Force Awakens. And that's that's where they kind of mind-melded or whatever. But I, I look at that, and I just I bow down, because I think it's, again, further evidence of just how much craft went into The Last Jedi. And that's why I don't understand all of the hatred and vitriol and everything that went into that, that movie has enough craft and forethought and care and love for any three movies that you will see this year. I guarantee it. I couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree. I've watched it again, like two or three times since it's been on Netflix. Um, yeah, I, 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 I still think the movie's fantastic. I still love it. And, and I too have warmed to it quite a bit. Uh, since my initial reaction to the film. And I'm telling you, I, I've said it many times on the show, that um, documentary that comes on the Blu-ray is so good. And it is really eye-opening in terms of what what uh, Ryan Johnson and, and crew were going for. And, you know, one thing that people forget, you know, these movies are, were really conceived at the same time. I mean, they, they were not written by the same authors, um, or the, directed by the same director, but the Last Jedi was made and conceived of during the filming of The Force Awakens, and so yeah, there are working a, on that script. Yeah, a lot of these little connections. This lightsaber sequence is it's it's kind of mind blowing, and, and I love that Star Wars and Ryan Johnson didn't show this. That a fan noticed this and tweeted about it. This is really really cool stuff. Or, or it could just mean that they had the same lightsaber stunt trainer in our rehearsal, and that's just how it worked out. Yeah, but that's not nearly as interesting. I agree. 
<laughs> Hashtag just saying, though. <laughs> it is possible. You're right. Um, <laughs> talking about The Last Jedi, uh, we we referred to this story a few weeks ago, uh, a few shows ago, and that is that, um, well, some morons are offering to remake The Last Jedi or claiming that they are ready to remake The Last Jedi. And uh, this has been posted on Twitter, actually, at, at RMTheLastJedi. Um, lots of celebrities weighing in, and Ryan Johnson in particular, begging them to try to remake his film. Well, G- <laughs> GQ had some fun with it. They actually produced a script for the remake of The Last Jedi, which, um, my God, it is it's hilarious. Uh, I'm just going to read the first uh, the first little opening salvo here. Uh, it says, uh, The Last Jedi remake opens where Star Wars The Force Awakens left off with Rey handing Luke Skywalker his lightsaber. Luke, hey, that's my lightsaber. Thanks. Luke takes the lightsaber. Now it's time for me, The Last Jedi, to go kill Snoke and save the galaxy. <laughs> Rey applauds. Finally, her life's work as the galaxy's greatest lightsaber courier is complete. Note. Ray is never seen again. So <laughs> Just <it's>, like Poochie. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a lot of fun and poking a lot of fun at uh, what Ryan Johnson has called man babies and uh, what others have called shitty Star Wars fans. So we'll just leave it at that. Go check it out. GQ.com. Really, really fun piece. Exclusive. Your first look at the 100% real asterisk script for the fan-made Star Wars The Last Jedi it, remake. It, I just want to say to the people who wrote that thing for GQ, I, I just could kiss you right on the lips that it, it is that good. Scott Meslow. Scott Meslow. We'll give him the credit. He's the uh, He's got the byline on this article. So good. Well done, Scott. Uh, last two stories. A couple of fun ones here, guys, to wrap this up. Uh, we talked about the uh, auction that took place in Las Vegas last week. And that uh, Han Solo's blaster from Return of the Jedi was one of the items that was offered in the auction, along with uh, several other Star Wars items and other uh, celebrity items. Not a big surprise. It was the uh, top, well, it received the highest bid. It sold for the most, sold for more than any other item at the auction, $550,000. Uh is what uh, Ripley's Believe It or Not paid for Han Solo's blaster from the last, some, excuse me, from uh, Return of the Jedi. Guys, guess what I got sitting on my mantelpiece? Lies. A bunch of books. Bunch of books. <laughs> a I, well, candles. I've seen your deal. Well, I've seen a picture of your DL44 before. I don't yes. think it's the one that was in the movie, but it's a looks pretty screen no. accurate. Oh, it's 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 as screen accurate as an airsoft gun is going to get. Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to guess yours was cost about five hundred forty nine thousand eight hundred dollars less than this one did. That's about right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, last story to wrap this up, guys. Now, this is an interesting one. Um, this is I, I'm curious to know what you guys think of this. This is the this is on Wikipedia. All right, so admittedly not the best source of, of information on the internet. But this is a list of the highest grossing media franchises. And I want you guys to guess 
Now, Dave, I think you may have posted this, so I think you might know the answer. But so, Greg, I want you to yeah, guess. I, 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 I did, I did peek at this in the show notes. Oh, no, so I, I, I don't, don't want to cheat. And I, and I guess that the, 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 um, the, the caveat when you say media franchises, it's, it's, uh, think, think in terms of, 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 um, merchandising merchandising media i bet because 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 when i saw that when i saw the top name on the list i was like what and then you think toys and then you go oh and it right. made perfect sense so so let's count um, this down really quick so you got let's just do the top 10 so top okay. 10 so number 10 you've got uh what they're calling middle earth so this is mm-hmm. the tolkien stuff lord of the rings excellent right. lord of the rings the tolkien estate warner brothers films uh, this is uh, this franchise worth nineteen point eight billion, with a B. That's at number billion. ten. Yes, nineteen point eight billion dollars. Um, coming at number nine, James Bond. Strictly off of its box office. Now, I I, I talked about merchandising earlier, but you know, do you include box office merchandising, video, video games, everything basically? So this is how this broken down: box office for Bond. 7 billion. Mm-hmm. Home video sales 3 billion. Merchandising and licensing 3 billion. And novels 550 million. So Ian Fleming sold a few books apparently. Yeah. Yeah, one or two. Those old Bond books are great by the way. The aforementioned Chris Evans lent me all of them and I I'm making my way through them and they're so good. I love the old Ian Fleming stuff. Mad talk. Man talk. <laughs> uh, all right. So uh, coming at number, this will be number eight, Mickey Mouse and Friends. It's surprising how low that is on the list. Been around since 1928. This is, of yes. course, Walt Disney. Yes. Uh, so this is retail sales, VHS and DVD sales, and then box office. Mickey Mouse owns the people towards the top of this list, and yet he's still way down here at like number eight. Number That's crazy. seven. Now this is what this is what surprised me. Number seven, Marvel Cinematic Universe. Is only number seven. Here's where I take umbrage with this Wikipedia list. Here's where I take umbrage with this list. Because they Oh, here's include, where it is. They include novel sales. <laughs> they include novel sales in James Bond. Well, I guess they do classify it as the Marvel Cinematic Universe, so that's that's limiting but so they're they're at so they're kind of picking and choosing because james bond kind of gets everything so he gets to include his his novels but since it's the marvel cinematic universe they can't include their comic books right misleading yeah I'll, I'll i'll take it all right so that's number seven mm-hmm. at 21 billion 21.7 billion now, number six, this one, this one surprised me. I guess when you total it all together, it, it really isn't a surprise. It's been around for a long time. From 1939, Batman. The Batman DC Entertainment owned universe comes in number, what did I say, six? Six. Six at 23.8 billion total. And the huge percentage of that coming from the toys. Yeah. Huge. Huge. Uh, this is retail, retail sales, 18 billion. <laughs> god yeah yeah since 1939 which how do you even track that i don't know it's weird tv revenue 40 million dollars that's all uh adam west all adam west right there good for him you really really think that's all adam west you don't think that's any of the animated series or anything 
No, maybe that's a good point. I'm just, I'm just, and I'm, I'm not trying to be a jerk when I ask that, Greg. You are much more of a Batman aficionado than I am. I'm, I'm curious how you would break that down. Friend of the show, Mark Hamill, had something to do with that. He did, he did. Mask of the Phantasm, and that's. But does that? Why? Well, yeah, I guess because yeah, there were several TV-related cartoons. There was Batman Beyonds and the Batman the Animated Series and everything like that. But you know what? I think those were also. Those kind of were all also rants and everything because the the Batman 66 series still runs in syndication that all does. over the place. So I I, I, I I think a good portion of that is Adam West I, and then everybody else. I can't. I love. I love that Batman series. Oh, it's That's so the, great. One of the greatest things ever that me and the kids we just every, anytime we see it we have to stop down and watch it. It's on a couple times a year. The the yeah. two hour movie. Yeah, that they make. It might still be on Netflix. It was so, on Netflix for a little while. It's so kitschy and just awful and funny I, and just great. Love it. I just remember they were tied in a human knot, and it was like the only way you can get out of the human knot is if one person wiggles their ears while another person lifts their pinky. And then Adam West is just all serious. He's like, "Beneath my cowl, I am wiggling my ears," just to make it clear <laughs> to the audience at home what was happening. <laughs> well. It's, he he famously on his utility belt is ca- carrying shark repellent in that movie. Yeah, yes, um, that's that's what. Shark, and then the other scene that just it just kills me every time is he's is he's running around with the giant bomb that conveniently enough says bomb on it. So you know <laughs> exactly what it is. And he tries to dump it in one area and there's like a nun, and then he runs to another area and there's like a baby stroller, and it's constantly he's constantly running to areas where there's something where he cannot absolutely cannot throw the bomb. Which again says bomb right on it. What I like about it too is uh, Adam Adam West was the first Batman or the first superhero, one of the few superheroes that actually has a gut. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) Uh, Okay. Now this is where the list gets a little weird. Uh, Unexpected, I'll say. Unexpected. Uh, Coming to number five, Mario. 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 Well, yeah. Remember the movie. That hit movie with Bob Hoskins. <laughs> yeah, box office twenty one million. You know, there there's a that oral, was a bomb. That was a bomb. There's an oral history of that movie somewhere that I gotta forward to you guys. It's just a fascinating read because it it's just people on acid and cocaine and cocaine on acid making this crazy fucked up movie, and then they just made it a Mario movie. It's so the the story of the making of that movie is crazy, absolutely insane. And they just Dennis, happened to make. They just decided to make it Mario. Yeah, Dennis Hopper's in it, and he's just all hooked up and crazy in it, and it's it's. Well, it's there's there's a surprise. So wild, so wild. All right, coming to number four. Not really a huge surprise here. Harry Potter. I'm nice. surprised it's not higher. Actually, I'm not. I'm, J.K. I'm, Rowling's uh, and Warner Brothers for the films. Uh, book sales almost eight billion. That's with a B, you guys. God. Book sales. And that's since 97. You know what J.K. Rowling says? Hmm. Suck it, Ian Fleming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you, know he, what else, you know what else J.K. Rowling says? <laughs> Suck it, Donald Trump. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, check Twitter today. It's fantastic. It's oh. just a fantastic moment. Oh, really? Okay. I got to check it out. Who? Well, who said that? Was it uh, Rowling that said that? Suck it, Donald Trump? Yeah. No, she doesn't actually say it, but uh, 
The president tweeted. tweeted out today how he takes pride in writing things, and he misspelled a word in it. So J.K. Rowling just retweeted it with about 70 ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha's. <laughs> <laughs> Every writer in the world <laughs> tweets it back. That's great. Love it. Frickin' Trump. Uh, it, was it was classic. It was It was just classic. All right, coming at number three. Now, Dave, you've seen this list, yes? I have, but I don't remember it. I'm not going to lie. All right, I want you to try to guess the top three. Number one is Pokemon. Correct. Pokemon at <laughs> 59 billion. That is just a shocking number. And I'm that's sorry. since 1996. Dave, got to catch them all. That's all I'm saying. That is, that is just an appalling sobering number okay retail sales this is how it breaks down according and, to and this star wars fans are known as the geeks and really we've got like a magnitude of three pokemon over us in terms of dollars spent <laughs> on it and pokemon is shit i'm sorry attack of the clones is way better than pokemon hey man i played uh that Pokemon game where you try to walk around the neighborhood and catch the Pokemon. Yeah. Oh, yeah Pokemon Go. Yeah. Pokemon man. Go. Was, yes. The kids and I that played was, that for like two months intensely. I got to level eight. That was a fun game for me right up until I realized I was going to have to pay some money to keep playing it. And then I was like, yeah, well, moving on. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, this is how I that breaks. I played for a while too, but I, I don't think I lasted two months. I think I, I think I maybe lasted a month playing it. Retail sales, 50 billion. Card game. So they made ten billion with a B just on the card game. Jesus Christ, I'm in the wrong line of work. The mobile game, two billion. Box office, one billion. And uh, VHS and DVD sales, six hundred twenty-five million. And that is Nintendo, Game Freak, and Creatures, whatever that is. All right, all right. So uh, you got number two and number three, Dave. I I truly have no idea. All right. I just figured Pokemon was the shocking answer, so I was going to go for that for number one. Yeah, all right. Well, number three, come on, number three, Hello Kitty. <laughs> we got to do a Hello Kitty cast. I have no words. And I think there, I think there has been a movie of Hello Kitty, but I mean, obviously, nothing huge. But man, just those goddamn Sanrio stores. I mean, the shit just flying off the shelves of every Sanrio really? store. Are you telling me there's been a gem in the holograms movie, but there has not been a Hello Kitty movie? No, there. No, I'm I'm sure there has been a um a a Hello Kitty movie, but not like not you know not even to the release of like the Pokemon movies because the Pokemon movies in the '90s got major major releases. Well, no, according to this, it's retail sales forty one billion and music sales two million. So it's all retail basically. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. And just slightly better, it looks like uh, math is hard. Let me see. Just a few, just a few hundred million better is Star Wars. Uh, so Hello Kitty, nineteen seventy four. Star Wars, nineteen seventy seven, comes in at forty two point nine billion. That's uh, one point eight billion better than Hello Kitty, which is, in the grand scheme of things, is like a drop in the bucket on this list. Wow. Um, merchandise. <clears throat> Sorry, Gabe. Go ahead. No, I was going to say Solo really isn't pulling its own weight. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> uh, merchant. Wait, hold on. No, it's too late. I can't. There we go. There we go. Uh, there we go. Uh, that. <clears throat> merchandise sales, $18 billion for Star Wars. 
box office uh, nine billion, home entertainment almost six billion, video games, intellectual intellectual property. So I guess that's licensing. I would assume so. Four billion, and then miscellaneous, whatever that means, almost four billion <laughs> miscellaneous. That 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 might mean you're uh, a Han Solo Carbonite business card holder. Yeah. Yes. You still using that, by the way? My good friend Dave gave that to me. Yes, I still use it. Absolutely. Excellent. Oh, yeah. still works. And uh, there's your list. So Pokemon took Star Wars to task almost, well, let's see, 17 billion more from Pokemon than for Star Wars. Turns out Pikachu is the strongest Jedi in the universe, guys. Yeah, we've been we've been talking about can a lightsaber defeat Captain America's shield? Can a lightsaber defeat Pikachu? Yeah, no, absolutely goddamn not. It's the Star Wars tweet of the week. Yeah, really curious because everybody knows that Twitter is a source of endless positivity. You're gravely mistaken. Come to your senses. Well, uh, there are a few Twitter accounts that are kind of funny. Greg, I have to apologize for last week. I skipped the Star Wars Tweet of the Week because I had to pee really, really bad. I totally forgot to play the the theme. So, Greg, what do you got for us this week? And I was sitting on gold at the time, too. Gold is what I was sitting on, Steve. Sorry about that. So much so that I've let it slide because the moment has passed. But have you guys got World Cup fever? Anybody? World Cup fever? Oh, absolutely. England today. Advanced. My team, England, advanced today. I was happy about that. It's been a very exciting se- series of uh, World Cup matches. I haven't watched a single minute, but I'm following intently. You know what? You know who else is following? The AT-AT is following at at underscore Imperial Army. The AT-AT is is following. He says, "I love soccer. Finally, a sport that punishes people for having arms." <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. All right, I gotta follow that at at. What is it? What's the uh, Twitter handle on this? It's at at underscore Imperial Army is what they are, and there's a couple of funny ones in there. I'm gonna give these guys a follow too. So yeah, way to go, guys! And uh, since we're at World Cup fever, I felt like they needed a uh, little plug. So good on them. They get the Star Wars tweet of the week. <laughs> well done, love it. <laughs> Well, guys, episode 65 is in the books. Is this where we retire? Is this the end? Is this it? Are we done? Uh, yeah, we're done. This is uh, the last show of the Wretched Eye podcast. Big newsflash. Moving on into retirement, collecting Social Security from here on out, guys. We are old. We're switching out to uh, Hello Kitty cast after this. <laughs> the Wretched Kitty. <laughs> Pokecast. Wow. The wretched. You <laughs> you a lot of pussy galore on that one. That's like uh, Skywalker through Neverland. Skywalking through Neverland. The wretched kitty. I love it. It's pretty good. Star Wars and Hello Kitty. Man. Well, listen. If you have ever gone into a store and purchased something with a Hello Kitty on it, we want to know what it is. Give us a call at the Wretched Hive Hotline. It's five six two. 455-4483 that's 562-455-HIVE you can email us wretchedhivepodcast at yahoo sorry that's wretchedhive at yahoo.com you can find us online wretchedhivepodcast.net 
Uh, I forgot to mention at the top of the show, we have an app, guys. You know, we talk we about do. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. Yep. It, uh, it's still on the iTunes store, and it is at the low, 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 low price of free. Of free, yes. They obviously haven't discovered it yet and kicked us off. So. Yep. Actually, they did. They made me change the artwork on it. That's why we had to change our logo. <laughs> well, that's all right. Uh, and uh, we would love if you download it. Tell us what you think of the app. It's our first try. So, you know, our, our high-end tech company that we hired to build that app, it's, you know, they're, they're rookies. Uh, our, but back, they did, our back-end SEO crew. They did a, they did a pretty good job. Um, so check it out. Give it, a, give it a rating on iTunes. We could use some ratings on that. And uh, follow the show on iTunes, too. We can, we can use your ratings. If you haven't done so, please go on iTunes. Rate the show, Wretched Hive Podcast. Five stars, one star, any star. We don't care. We just want to hear from you, listeners of the Wretched Hive Podcast. Guys, the show is in the books. Episode 65 is done. Any last Woo. thoughts? Where's Scott Watch? Scott Watch, where are you? We miss you, Scott. I miss Scott Watch. Have a good week. May the force be with us all. <laughs> <laughs>